When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. and girls, welcome to episode 93 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. And thank you to Randy Petruck last week. It was nice to catch up with Randy. I was thinking about it. You know, I vividly remember vividly a lot of the moments playing against rp and that was you know in the many four many five many six many six many seven i was over in red there we didn't play kamloops so i'm talking about 25 years ago a quarter century and it stands out some of those moments more than some moments uh, last weekend in senior hockey. And you wonder why after 25 years, but there's something with moments of uh, big time competition. And I don't even know if it's just competition. It's moments where your will is checked. You're, you're just, your human body is t- stretched to the max physically 
and or emotionally. So you might think that a lot of people might think that, you know, it's just a game or, you know, it's, it's about participating and, you know, and it is, I mean, it's great to, to make the team and, and participate in whatever you're going to do. But for an athlete, you know, for, or for, for anybody competitive in nature, you know, clearly you, you have a desire to step up to the plate, a desire to keep going when, when the chips fall down. I'm not talking about myself here. I'm talking about anybody who's still, if you're involved in sports beyond minor sports, you have a clear investment mentally, physically into the sport you're playing. Why, why do you do that? You know, sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's trying to impress a girl or, or a guy in the other way or, 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 or a guy. Um, it could be, I, I don't know, indirectly, you know, to, uh, well, to get a scholarship or make the NHL. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. Maybe to, maybe someone got under your skin, an old teacher or something said you'd never amount to anything. So there's different motivators, but whatever the motivator is, we all found ourselves in 94, 95 playing say, you know, in the playoffs against each other. And, you know, we all really wanted to get to the Memorial Cup. So even though hockey or sports might sound to some people even silly, right? But what, what is, we're, we're on this earth for what? You know, we're born, you know, we make, you know, we invent games and, and business and, and money and sports and, 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 and competition and, and, and armies. Everything that we do is of our own volition, really. We're humans. What do you do here? So you can consider, you know, what, what do you think is important? It's in the eyes of the beholder, really, right? Success is in the eyes of the beholder. So, you know, some people, you know, want to go out and play sports. Others want to get a degree. Some people want to do both. I don't know. Some people want to dance in Cirque du Soleil. I'm getting away from the point. The point that I was trying to get at is that whatever is important to you, right? For me, it was, I, I guess, getting drafted. But when you're, at, and I'm serious, when anybody who played, I'm guessing most sports, but it definitely hockey will tell you. I mean, of course, you want to get drafted and everything, but you're in your draft year or you're in a year trying to sign a ticket to go to college or whatever it might be. It's, it's important years early on, right? Again, out of minor hockey, not quite pro. Wherever you want to put yourself here, call it junior A, call it junior B, call it major junior, call it college, call it advanced prep school. I don't fucking know, like whatever it would be. So you're when you're at that level, and it's nice, but you're, you're, you're really, you know, the personal accolades are nice, but anybody will tell you in that moment, you know, we wanted to win the Memorial Cup. Right. The last thing on my mind in that moment of I can speak for Lanks and Boyd Olson and Pavel Kriz and, uh, you know, all the guys, Ray Schultz, that got, got drafted that year on our team and by extension, the league. When I was playing against Jerome McGinley, he was giving me everything he had. Of course, in the back of his mind and my mind, we want 
to get drafted. But if you took all that out, if you took the NHL out and it was still just the Memorial Cup, and we would have been going just as hard because there's that level of competition ingrained into our skulls, right? That's how we're judging ourselves, right? What do I want to be? I want to be a good student. Okay, I can do that. I can take the courses, make myself, I can feel pr- hockey's more of an immediate rush, but what do I want to do? Okay, I want to score a goal, but outside of that, what do I want to do? Score a goal, why? To stay on the team, why? Because I want to win the Memorial Cup. Okay, that's reason, right? Now, so I want to be a student. I want to be a hockey player. What else do I like? I like baseball. We're not like hockey, but when I would come back in the summers at that time, I would play baseball with the boys. We'd go to the provincials. I'd feel the same. That's probably a better example because I'm not getting paid. I'm not the best in Newfoundland or anything, but I was good enough to be an all-star in Mount Pearl. We'd go to the provincials and same thing, right? Three and two late innings. I'm, I remember those pitches coming in. I remember what I was, what I was given, what Darren Roach fed me. High fastball. I, I just... Because you're a competitor and that's as far as, as you can go in, in this particular thing that you're choosing to be a goal and a dream and whatever you're doing. So, you know, I remember Randy stopping me on a breakaway after, um, like I said, but it was Rod Branch against us most of the year. He was their starter per se, and then Randy took over late in the year. But I, I know late in our series, he went in because it was four games to two. We lost the Kamloops. Now, again, they won the Royal Cup final, nine to one against Brian Burrard. Uh, I think it was it was the Detroit Junior Red Wings. They, they after right that after that, sorry, they became the Plymouth, I think Red Wings, and then the Plymouth Whalers. Anyway, it's that Plymouth um, team. That's what it morphed into. Because Harold Drucum was there the next couple of years. But anyway, they won then. They, they, they walked through undefeated. They uh, Brandon gave them a, get, bit, a bit of a time. Won the first two. They came back. Won the next four. And that was after playing us. Anyway, I'm rambling. But we, we were pretty proud to take them six games. That's how good they were. Now, I'm not saying we weren't pissed off when we lost. But... You know, it was it was two games to two, and we had them in a pretty decent spot for for being honestly one of the best teams ever. But definitely the best. You can make an argument for the best junior team in the history of hockey. I can name everybody, but just listen to the interview if you haven't. Uh, but you know, you're you're playing and. You know, and on the way to Randy, I guess I, a lot of those memories are, you know, in a shift. I'm hitting Jerome McGinley and I'm trying to get the puck off Darcy Tucker and Shane Doan's in front of me. And I remember that because they're, they, they became like it was big at the time and then they they became so big and I always kept track. So those memories really stand out. And at the end of that line is Randy Petruck in the goal, man, a 16 year old shot with his wrong hand, not big. When I saw him going in, I was like, this is great. I mean, not big, you know, because a lot of people don't think about that either, but size does matter. It really does. Um, And then the gear was starting to get big, you know. Um, In my draft alone, I I, I know that in the first round, just I I know Martin Biron and uh, Jean-Sebastien Giguer, they went. Um, Luongo went either a year or two later. You know, the, the, the tall goalie with the big gear that didn't have to move as much, but um, it was like almost the anti-Dominic Hasek of the time. So 
Randy didn't look like a, I won't say confident. He was fucking confident. He, I, 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 he just looked like a bag of holes to me. He just really did. Like he was, he, he wasn't overly big. Like I said, he's not tiny now, but you know, for a goalie, especially of that time, I don't know. He's probably five, nine or five, 10, I guess I'm guessing. And um, you know, when he gets down low, so you can see corners, you can see space. And man, he was fucking lights out. I got to be honest. And I looked at his stats. I was always curious how he ended up. I'm like, dude, did he, was he good because Kamloops were in front of him? Because not only would that shield you from a lot of great shots, but um, it would probably, if you were a goalie, make you extra confident and, and therefore you'd probably play a little bit better. If, if I was a goalie, I don't know. I'd love to know that like seven hall of fucking famers were playing in front of me. Um, and I'm probably low on that WHL hall of fame. There was probably more. Um, but, uh, but, but it's not the case, man. He kept ripping it up. He was a great goalie is a great goalie. Talk about him like he's dead, but you know, his career is over and, uh, at least his ice hockey career. So, but if you look at the numbers, I'm telling you, he was, uh, he, he was awesome. He, he made great saves at right at the, at, at the right time, everywhere he went, he seemed to have a decent save percentage back when they were a little bit, they weren't as inflated. And now man, save percentages you're looking and they're all over nine. You could get away. I guess in the late eighties, early nineties, again, the gear was so small rules were different, um, but you could get away with high eights around nine. And that now that would be subpar, but eras change. I just mean, look at his numbers right till he retired with all the other in relative to, to all the other teams, all the other goalies and all the other teams in his leagues. And he was upper echelon echelon every time. But, right, I often say to kids, kids, to kids, I often say to parents or kids or whatever at hockey school when you talk about these things, what is the goal? You know, do you think every kid, I look at the hockey school, I'm like, look at all the groups that we got. And, and they, the odds are none of them at any of them, none of them are going to make the NHL at this particular camp. There might be a couple. There might be four. Who knows? The odds are there's none, though. Right. So parents got to stop thinking like that. I think it's like, I, I don't know, Bob McCowan did a book, Hockey Arguments. It was like 10 years ago, but that was one. It really put it into perspective. It's like for each registered player, and not alone, let alone just person, but each registered player, there's a one in 33,000 chance that you're going to play in the National Hockey League. So it's something like that. It's, the 33,000 something. I remember reading that stat. It was crazy. And you can dice it up whatever way you want. Just look at it. There's six, seven, what? I don't know. Doing the math. Seven, 700 players in the league. Right? Some of those are up and down. And so there's less regular. There's probably 700, 800 players each year that get the chance to play in the NHL. Even for a game. Okay. So... Now do the math. How many people play hockey all over the world? At least, I guess, how many men? Because we're talking about the NHL. 
So think about minor hockey registration and then think about each season that's played. There's less than a thousand players in a group of well over a million, right? So the odds on being drafted are one thing. People get drafted. There's what? What is there now? Eight, nine rounds still of 33. So that's one thing. And the odds are against that that's going to happen. Way, way against, obviously. I mean, they're going to be against. But to actually of those players to even go out and, and play one shift is even more astronomical. So you've got to think about that. And you can use, there's all kinds of examples. There's people that hooked on that you were thinking, wow, how, how, did, how did he make it for so long? And uh, then there's, well, there's my, I guess I played, but you know what I'm, three different seasons, but very minimally. Like there's people like me that don't get lucky to play in the NHL. They're Brad Church. He was a first round pick. I don't think he had a game played. Which is fucking horrible. I mean, at least the Habs would call me up and, 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 you know, a lot of those games, I didn't play much, but it was a privilege to be in the NHL. And they did me that favor. If you want to call it that. I mean, I was a fucking prospect. It shouldn't be a favor, but you know what I mean? It made sure I got games in. Fuck's sakes. You could just hurt yourself tomorrow. You know what I mean? But yeah, people like me, there's, there's that. So, you know, and then there's everything in between from first round pick to unheard of. And uh, there's a lot of people still trying, you know, uh, people laugh, but there's people that finish junior that are 20 and don't have maybe the schooling to get a scholarship. That's why it's important folks. And uh, don't have a pro team and they might be decent. I mean, a lot of people, I don't, I don't mean someone with just a silly wish, but I mean, by 20, right, people are signed now and they're drafted and teams are starting to build. So you could even at 20 be as good as another person, but they've been developing for two years and no team in their right mind, unless someone was a cancer in the room uh, or, 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 or some extenuating circumstances like that. Would they get rid of someone and replace them with the same? So when you're 20, ask any 20 year old that goes out there and gets, I don't know, fucking 140 points in junior, major junior, ask Zach O'Brien. One of my buddies, I really talked about it with them. But when you're 20, it's tough, man. You've got to really, you almost got to get 200 points. Like it's wild. No, over, that's an overager. No overagers get drafted. I mean, one in a fucking million, but you know, so, and then if you're 21 and you got nowhere, then that's it, right? I'm sure you can find somewhere in the Southern pro league or, you know, fucking Italy F, but it's just, it's, it's not an easy road. And if, if you, if you keep your wits about you and you can get a freeling preschooling out of it, I, I consider that that's success. Even just moving in from Newfoundland. If you, if someone says they played junior A, then it's a big deal because it means they left home to do it and they had to live with billets and they, it's a little different than if you're from, 
I don't know, St. Albert, and you just drive to the rink and play for the Saints. Great that you can do that. Great that you can play Junior A, but it's a different experience in Newfoundland. So if you can, and some people even move away to play Junior B, but they don't need to. We got a good Junior B league here. But anything beyond that, you know, you've you've invested time, money, blood, sweat, friendships. You've you've invested a lot of time into uh, what you love. So anyway, fuck, I ramble. I don't know what the original point was of all this, why I remember certain things other than, over others. I guess when your will is tested so much, you remember it. So it's stamped like a rubber stamp right into my frontal lobe as I speak to you. I can remember the space and time I shared with Randy Petruck from a quarter century ago better than some things I did yesterday. So that's the way it works. And to finish off the thought about the uh, goals and dreams and aspirations of kids, yes. Um, success is in the eyes of the beholder. Just to play hockey and be in a dressing room and learn any sport really at, and, and learn how to be a good teammate, that will spill over into life and that will be a good attribute to have. Trust me on that. So that's probably the least that you'll get out of it is that you'll learn good life lessons, how to be a teammate. Um, and again, not just on the court or on the floor. That's it goes in life. If you get into business, then that'll help. If you get into coaching or teaching or whatever it is, those attributes of being a good teammate and a good leader pay off. And, uh, you know, everybody that puts on skates has a chance to get a schooling somewhere, his or her schooling, and more, more so a great time for women. So I won't get into that now, maybe next time. But to be a female hockey player now in Canada, the United States is absolutely fabulous. It's you have a great future. There's more schools than ever signing you players like you and stay with it. Uh, any girl coming up now in the hockey world, I would it, it, with any grain of talent, I would say that uh, there's blue skies ahead, man. It's blue skies and sunny anyway. Ran Sandwith coming up. So I'm going to have Sandman back, and I like doing that. I know we've had him on, but second and third guests I love because I can ask them things other than on their direct career. So we're going to go into a little bit of a 45-minute rapid-fire random kind of a kind of a thing. And we were, yes, we were going to have Ryan Rashog, but uh, the Oilers play tonight. He's there. I mean, he, I mean, he follows the Oilers. He's with TSM, but he's, he's in Edmonton. A lot of people didn't realize that because right? I mentioned it on my stories on Instagram and I got a couple of emails, messages. Um, but uh, it's going to be, we are going to have him on soon, but this is a very busy day for him. And uh, same thing with Strudwick or any of those guys. They are coming, but anybody in the media, I kind of, I, I, I want to give them as much space as possible. I talked to Steve Dangle, right? Not everybody's Ken Reed. That's one of my, my best buddies and just gets up and rolls out of bed and comes on right away. Uh, I like to give those guys space and we'll get them on eventually. But anyway, Sam Mann's great dude, as you all know, really interesting career. And uh, he'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Tran, the Sandman Sandwith, coming right up.
Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7 or visit ccp.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest played pro hockey for more than a decade, and his career included stops with the historic Edmonton Oilers, his hometown team, and right here in gorgeous St. John's, Newfoundland, where we'd spend the 1999-2000 season battling tough of the era opponents on the ice and guzzling Bud Lights and tequila shots when the games ended on George Street, still one of the most partyable streets in North America. He now runs his own business and can be seen in Nashville next month celebrating his birthday with yours truly along for the ride. One of my best buddies, he is a tenacious teammate, a divine dad, a durable D-man, a faithful friend, a cool Canadian. I played in Tri-Cities, it's true, and this guy played there too. He likes movies with plots and used to block shots. He likes eggs with his ham and once helped me out of a jam. Don't be naive. He's been buckled at sleeves. Want to hear more? He's been a guest before. He loves to yak, so I thought I'd have him back. He's down on theft and he shoots left. He's far from a boy and he's six foot four. Ladies and gents, if you've got something you need a hand with, you can always call my buddy, our next guest, Taran, the Sandman Sandwith. How are you, Sandman? I'm running out of rhymes for you, by the way. I think this is time four, is it? Uh, it's three or four. Yeah, three or four. And uh, you keep coming up with great one-liners. Like, it's like it's, it's, you're keeping it fresh. Like well, you're that. so inspiring. You know, you're an easy guy to do that about. So we had you on third. I looked. I thought it was longer, but it was uh, episode 63. So 30 episodes ago. So I would ask how you're doing, but I know that's all right. What we need. I know you're doing all right. What we need. We need to know some some answers to some questions that we've never asked you before. I know this is last minute. You're a filler in this fucking week. Okay. Mine Rashad couldn't make it, so that, 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 that's, that's a problem. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, you're a filler in. Um, so we're going to do a half hour to forty five minutes of rapid fire randoms. Are you ready, Taran Samwith, for rapid fire random? Wait a minute, I was a replacement for Ryan Rashad. Yes, you were because he couldn't make it, so we figured that's, that's impressive. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, depending on your, your point of view. He's kind of a big okay, guy. here we go. Rapid fire randoms. When is the last time you did something new? Last time I did something new. Oh, I would say something really off the charts was a couple years ago. I did this thing called uh, League of Rock, and it was like... I, you join this uh, a team of other a team of, of people in a band 
and you have professional musicians teach you how to or put the song together for you and then you go and you perform it in a, in a pop like a proper bar wow and i did this two years ago just before covid and i was way out of my league and it was one of those things where i realized like when you get older right you you you, you don't try new things like you don't put yourself out of your comfort zone like you did back in your 20s right? I know, that's actually why i'm asking because yeah. I, I i couldn't think of the answer for you i said of all people i should know the answer and i'm loving what you're telling me keep going i did this i did this and literally i was like had no business i don't know why i did it i had no business being in there i almost cried after the first couple sessions because wow. i was like these guys are way better than me and um, yeah, I just stuck with it. I said, screw this, I'm gonna figure it out. And by the end of it, and they were, everybody was super kind and basically, you know, felt sorry for me probably. And uh, yeah, we ended up, yeah, we did a, we, we did a show in a, in, a, in a bar and like I was the, the rhythm guitar guy, terrible. But Toronto or Edmonton? Uh, this in Toronto. <clears throat> so and, uh, you played yeah. one of those guitars I saw on your wall when I visited? Yep, yep, I got my Les Paul going. How long have you known how to play? Uh, you know, I started playing in my 20s, but you know, like how a lot of guys, like they, they know three chords and they just kind of like muck around and they play Weak Kings and like a couple other songs, you know, little little Blue Rodeo, you know, whatever, right? And um, then I kind of got really serious about it probably five, six years ago. And, uh, lot, and during COVID, I've been like just playing a ton. And um, the, actually one of the professional musicians that was helping us in the League of Rock He's not my music teacher. Like, so I have, I take lessons like once or twice a week. Whoa. You take yeah. lessons once or twice oh. a week. Okay. So I have yeah. a question. I got given my good friend, Janet Cull gave me a two. No, no. At Christmas time, a year and a half ago, gave me a guitar. Um, yeah. It's, it's a Les Paul. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's an electric guitar. Now I've never played guitar. I, you know, I pick up here and there, but which you know what amazes me? It actually amazes me that you're not a musician because of how much you love music. Like you I do sing. love it, Sam. Man, and I, it's it mystifies me. But it's sitting there, and I picked it up a couple times. I don't know where to start, and it's so to me like if you're still taking lessons, you've been doing it for thirty. Like I, it's like that. It's like why even start? Like it's going to take me yeah. ten years. To, but like. I'm thinking lately, like, what if I was to learn, like, some songs are just three chords. Like, I, I, I don't know anything about it. I'm listening to Green Day, and I'm, I'm just putting logic together with my music knowledge going, some of these songs are, you know, if you, if you learn how to play these three chords, they're the same order, they're the same chords all the way through. Some of my favorite songs are that way. I'm reading that, but I, I, I wouldn't know how to play the chord. But right. do you, do you th how long would it take to learn, if it was even... One song, like my method, when she gave it to me at Christmas, I was excited and I looked down and it was just like, this is how to play A, this is how to play G. And I'm thinking now, maybe if I just went right to the song and got something out of it, what do you recommend? Well, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in. It's not just in guitar or anything, right? It's like, that's how I felt like when you, the, so the more I learn guitar, the more I realize how terrible I am, right? It's same as like hockey, right? Like when you, play professional hockey some guy that played beer league it's a different mentality right like you can still play hockey but you're not you're playing a different game right you're you're yeah you're you're out there you're playing a different and i i have to be quite honest with you i i, I don't want to sound defeatist but 
I, I wouldn't, if, if I couldn't skate, I wouldn't. And I looked at me out there and you skating around, then I would just say, I, this isn't for me. I would, no. and that's where I am in that, you know, that, that's why I don't go out there and play polo or water polo or, yeah. you know, I love sports, but I'm not going to play some of them. Why would I, when I'm really good at this one, why the fuck exactly. would I go over and play this one? <laughs> that's like me with golf. <clears throat> yeah. It's golf really like, like I go out, I go and hack around, but I'm like, I haven't put the effort in to try and get good at it because I'm like, yeah, I'm bad, and everybody else is so much better than me. Uh, like if I break a hundred, and if I, we're being realistic, and I counted all my shots, and I break a yeah. hundred, it, it's a good day, and I, I know, and uh, I'll hit like five in a row, awesome, and then like hit one six feet, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's defeating, and that's why I don't golf a lot. People ask, I'm not saying that I'm. It's all competitive, and I'm out there like, but I, I don't enjoy going and being the fucking idiot of the group you know what i mean the broken leg of the bunch like everybody else is at least hitting it around and we got to wait on oh terry's coming yeah. again <laughs> he just shanked it again he's lost yeah. three balls in one hole no it's yeah. uh but you know getting back to guitar though what i think in for you is that it's such an individual you got to look at it like it's not like you're not gonna be slash or like you know you know tomorrow you gotta you, you gotta no but i want to at least do it i get up you know i get up and sing in bars sometimes yes. with, the, with the boys yeah, downtown there's no, there's no reason why you can't get a couple chords together and go do it and then play the guitar if, but you just gotta you gotta not as a night i mean i just like to get up what like hey surprise yeah. everybody i can play one song kind of thing i'm not saying that my goal yeah. is to go down and become a fucking musician i'm not saying no 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 no, yeah. no my goal has always been like i just want to be able to sit around a campfire and put together like half a dozen songs and like sound really good. So and should like, I be learning on an acoustic? Cause I got this electric guitar and I'm guarantee you that that ain't coming out at, well, my kind of campfire probably would, but um, well, it's probably not play, happening. Wouldn't that be great though at a fucking campfire to just break out the electric right? guitar? Oh my God. You have a little, just a little amp on your hip or something and you just pull it out and you just start ripping it. You come oh. out of the dark, the fire, the fire's around. Oh, oh my God. Oh my come God. Bush, come like out just, of the fucking dark. Oh. That's a legendary move. That'd be a good move in a movie <laughs> or a TV show. I'd send this up to Shorzy. Well, now, now that I get you motivated, you're going you're gonna, yeah. to be for sure. So if you could take one player in history and add him to one team to guarantee the Stanley Cup. No, sorry, not one player in history. I go over these. I forget my own questions. So right now, you, everything's on the line. If if the team that you say, there's 33 of us, and yeah. we are all sitting here going like one, all but one of us is going to lose our leg after the playoffs. Whoever wins gets to keep their leg, okay? So the, there's a lot on the line. So, but you can take, you're, you, you're picking first. So you can pick the team and the player. So you could say, go, I want to add Connor McDavid to the Colorado Avalanche, except now you can't because that's what I did. So you know what I mean? But you that's what you got. You got a team right now in the NHL and you got a player. A player to bring over uh, yeah. and is currently playing in the NHL. Yeah. Oh boy. You have to, boy. you want to guarantee a Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, I really, and again, I I'm a I'm really liking the Florida Panthers right now. Of course, a little bit biased with our, our buddy Sean Thornton in the organization, but uh, those guys uh, they are deadly. Seem to have them together. Uh, and I would add, who would I add in the NHL right now that just would take it to the next level? Like McDavid's out, and so are the Avalanche. Yeah, McDavid though. You know, and I and again, I, I, obviously McDavid's the best player in the world, but I think um, I. He wouldn't be a shoe-in as your first pick anyway, yeah. No, he wouldn't. Um, 
and there's reasons for that. But uh, I would probably do a, I'd probably do like a Nate McKinnon. I would, like, I know you said the color on Avalanche, but like, I mean, no, no, guy, you, he's a beast, right? Like, yeah, you can take him off the Avalanche. Yeah. I didn't say you can't do that. I, mean, I would, I would put him on the Ford Panthers. Wow. And watch how good would that be? Eh? Holy it would. Cow. Cause, and your, your, your answer is interesting. Who did I hear? Someone was on one of those shows. I, I listen to so many podcasts and they brought up something. They were like, they're talking about the Leafs. Everybody's like, you know, go out and get a goalie and everything, but I don't need to beat that drum. He was like, you know, but if they did get a forward and I was like forward, I was like, why would, and then I thought about it and they were just like a lot of teams in history, you know, just get better at what they do. It's just like, if you don't necessarily like what the way I asked the question, you'll be like, Oh, add carry price to the leaps, you know, fill a hole. But yeah. if you add a fucking unreal player, no matter what the position other than goal, cause they already got a great goalie uh, to an already existing team that might win it anyway. I think that's the answer. I love your answer. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love your answer. I, I would pick a player. Uh, my mind could be either because I love Florida and Tampa. Not yeah, just saying it this year. I'm forced to watch it a lot, right? I try to keep my opinions at least as objective as they possibly can be, which is impossible. But you know what I mean? So I watch games. I got the NHL network. I, and fuck, I love watching Florida. Oh. Huberto is the most underrated player. And he, he'll be like second in scoring. He'll take it over. And, and still nobody talks about him. And his Nobody passes are, are, are magic. I love watching Mitch Marner. He's every bit that, but no one knows it. Yeah. Nobody knows it. Bark, Barkov, the same thing. Nobody Barkov, same thing. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're, they're a great team. Who's the toughest top six forward in the NHL? Oh, God. And you know what? Bad way to put it, because who knows who's the toughest. Let's just say you've got a team, and you get to add... It's old school, though. It's the it's the late nineties, okay. And you've got to pay, and, and you're you're a GM, um, or your buddy's a GM, and says, you know, I need I need to get a player here to fit this. I, I need like a tough player to, to go into the playoffs with. I need to add him, and, and he's got to come from this era today. And it's a forward. Yeah, it's a four top six. Oh my god! Nothing not against Johnny Goudreau, right? <clears throat> but he probably wouldn't be the same. I mean, maybe he would, but I'm just saying, yeah, well, who would be? Like just like an old school throwback gritty guy, top six skills. Top six, but he's got to win fights. <clears throat> got fighting, got to be part of it because that's in the question. So he's got to win fights. So I mean, right. I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Jonathan or bad example this year, but I don't know. Austin Matthews. Who knows? Maybe he's tough. Maybe he's not. He doesn't fight. He's big. You can pick whoever you want. For me, I would probably go, I don't know, who who would be the toughest top six? If they were to drop the gloves and I put money on, I'd pick Brady Kachuk or Matthew Kachuk. I hate to say it. Yeah, I know. that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's probably – those two guys are probably the ones. They're brothers, the but I'm just – top six, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah but th you're right. Those are, those are probably right there. Those two, those two guys are – as much as you want to hate them, like you got to love how they play the game. Like their tenacity yeah. is – Top six, back. right? It's top six. Back. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Luchich played two games on the first time, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to – obviously, there's there's 33 teams, right? I'm, they're at 33. And I'm glossing over a bunch. I'm sure we missed some, and I'm, I'll get heat for it. But that's what that's why it's rapid-fire randoms. Yeah, yeah. And rapid-fire, three questions, 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, you got to change the name of this song. Pour some blank on me by Jeff Def Leppard. What works? 
<laughs> you cannot pick uh, sugar, obviously. Because that is the song, for those that don't know. It's Pour Some Sugar on Me by Jeff Def Leppard. What you know, you're you're a music executive and you're in there and you've got five seconds to make the change. You realize that Pour Some Sugar on Me came out in the 1930s, you're gonna get sued. You're gonna have to go to court and you're like, fuck, we can't call it that. Turan, we can't call it that. But we it's coming out in 10 minutes from now. It's coming on the radio and we have to have another name for it. What can it be? It can't be pour some sugar on me. What can it be? Pour this would change the whole dynamic of the song. Come out there, they rip it, they start pour some flowers on me. Okay, flowers? Well, I right. I I like it. (laughs) It's something, and you could have like an all you need is love video. It's terrible. This, I like why the fire, it gets, sometimes it wins, sometimes it loses. No, so, I, um, I don't because if you if you think about I was listening to songs the other day, especially 80s songs, words don't mean anything. They don't lead anywhere. They, they don't go right? anywhere. Like you spin me right round. You can only do that so many times, and there's no reason you are, right? Like at least in country songs back then, it was all, you know, you had a truck, you were upset. You, you know what I mean? Uh you know, you probably you, you. The chances are you're divorced, right? You're you're probably an alcoholic or bordering on it, or you know, a dog in there somewhere. Yeah, sure. there's something happening, and then you know that did expand a little bit. But but I'm just saying, like the '80s, a lot of the lyrics make notes, and you don't question any of them. They're right? just word sandwiches, like you just to put together to match, like the yeah. The, the, the beat and the so pour some flowers on me. I I don't and and think about it. All those guys, they dread like. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it took so long for the LGBT community. You would think that back then it would have been at its peak because I'm yeah. sure a lot of, you know what I mean? Like the guys literally all dressed like girls and it was the coolest thing to do. Yeah. And you had to, so I, I think if you put flowers in that song, not having been subjected to it like we do, it might sound silly, but at least it's the right amount of syllables, Sam, man. Exactly, yeah. And just rip it up, like just to get up that on a, a rock concert stage setting and just sing that loud as you can. Flowers just coming from the ceiling, me. you know, like yeah, it could cool. be worse. You could say, pour some bullets on me. And, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? I lived through the grunge movement and two movements. So you, you talk about the British invasion, but the Beatles, it was all about peace, you know, and even after that, imagine, give peace a chance. You know, all you need is love. It was tended to be songs that brought you together. But then, I mean, we were out West when Nirvana hit. And that was equally, I I loved it. It was a great energy, but it was a different energy. You don't want to be in front of the stage. I tell you that, right? Words do matter. Uh, (laughs) Imagine that. Words matter. Surprise. The thing that separates us from the animals matter. Uh, Okay. Pick a player in the NHL right now. Same thing. You lose your right arm if you're wrong, if this player misses, okay? You know nothing about it going in. He has to take a penalty shot in soccer. Someone in the in the in hockey right now in the National Hockey League that has a one shot is penalty shot. Now it's soccer. You could score it. I could score it. But you you want to be prepared, right? Some people, some people probably wouldn't be able to, you know, you probably pick those out if you knew had any knowledge. I don't. I have no idea what soccer players play in the NHL. It's up to you. Well, I've been uh, like I'm, I have been watching the guys in the uh, in in the bowels of the arenas playing in their soccer ball kicks before the games, right? Right. So I don't know okay. who has the talent, but yeah, I think a safe bet would be to eliminate all the North Americans and okay. go Euro. 
you got to oh, go euro right. all the way. You well, then you're narrowing it down. You have a better chance within the pool you've picked. You're right. Yes, you're narrowing it down. So, uh, I think, uh, and I don't know this, but I'm just Great guessing. Lady. It's I'd go dry saddle. A German, a good German, probably grew up playing soccer. You know, it was part of his yeah. training. Probably, and, and you know, big guy. You know. I, obviously very talented has a lot of talent you know what you've done you've given me a great answer because i tell you this i wasn't thinking that i was i was going to say patrick king so i'm like the chances are he's an athlete there's just something about him i think if you just put him on the volleyball team he'd, he'd get the, he'd get by but but there's easier ways to but i don't know anything so if you take out all the because you guaranteed there's more europeans and north americans it's just a given so what you did, you narrowed down the pool. Now you're giving yourself a slightly better odds. And now when you're thinking about it, I was thinking from there, when you first said it, Ovechkin, but in Russia, you probably wouldn't be allowed to even play another sport if you were, you know what I mean? It would be heavily, I don't know if, if you're really good at one. Do you think they oh, want no. you spending time doing another one, no. playing another one? I'm not talking about anything to do with the war. I'll talk about that another time. And our hearts and prayers and everything is with the Ukraine. I'm not, but I'm yeah. saying Russian and what would you think in Russia? Do you think they all play 10 sports? I think if you're good at one, this is the way it goes. Leon Dreisaitl, yeah. And he's just another version of Kane. With, with, I'm talking hockey IQ and athleticism. So yeah, he's to watch, yeah. good pick, Sam, man. That's as good a pick as I could have expected. Okay, you want home ice advantage. What the hell am I writing here? What team? Okay. Home ice advantage. So someone hypothetically comes to you and says, look, we need to win this home game. If, if not, we're going to take your head off and we're going to replace it with Polly Shore's head. Okay. In this world. Okay. So you're going to look like Polly Shore and I guarantee you then things will change. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so, so in this world, you're going to have Polly Shore's head unless you win this game. And the guy says, okay, home, we're playing at home. So we need home ice, uh, obviously, home ice advantage to mean the most it possibly can. What rink, what era, what team, hockey would you pick? Who would you say, okay, we've home ice advantage, and I think it's yeah. going to mean the most? And we want to play in the. I with the right off the top of my head, like the old Boston Gardens. Okay. Yeah, that's your home ice, mm -hmm. right? And then, so what? What other? What, what team? Do oh, I that's have? yeah. What? What? What team? Yeah, old Boston oh, Gardens. And oh, then you the Boston any. Bruins in the old, like you know, the old days in the old Boston Garden. Okay. Or we could go. Oh, we go the Flyers back in the day. Like no, I, I, my answer was oh, definitely no. Philadelphia 74, 75. I, I really think that would be hard. Like I. <laughs> I watched the documentary again. I rarely watch shit twice. Like yeah. I went to Batman the other day and it was it was intriguing to say the least. And I liked it, but I'll watch it again like in a year from now. I, I just yeah. rarely. But that I can't just believe what I'm watching. So because and I've watched it. It's not YouTube. It's the documentary. It's crazy. And that's what I mean, for so many reasons. But that's why I say to people like the Canadians are really tough. That, that era Canadians get no. They, they call them the flying Frenchman. They get no credit. They beat that team in yeah. Philly. Like, yeah. 
I'm like, those guys are tough. You don't have to get penalty minutes, as you know, to be tough. You know, how many guys have we played with that were tiny, but they went in and their game wasn't affected? Craig Sharon, God rest his soul, he's one. I didn't really get along with Craig like every day. Like he was way older. We weren't on the same page. He was a good guy. But it didn't matter if we were playing in Philly. It would be the same game you're getting from him. Yeah. Right. But it's not, you can't say that about everybody. So those guys like Lafleur and that must've been like pretty fucking tough to go in there and actually succeed and get hat tricks and shit, because that was a cage and a bunch of animals. Wow. Well, you know, and we've talked about this before, but it's like people today do not understand the intimidation that no. went on back in the days. And even then, like that was another level, but even like our era, like you would be scared to go into rinks. Like you would physically be going oh, yeah. up in the games. Yeah, because I, I did more than more than one, like more than once, multiple times. Yeah, it was just the like, anxiety exactly. was, and there was no way because there's just that's the way the game was. The anxiety was rip roaring, horrible. Like, do you do you think the guys today like go into a rink and they're like they're like physically scared for their safety, like personal safety? No, and I, no, I don't at all because I see I go to games. I'm here. I, I watch the growlers whenever I'm away. I go to. I want to keep my finger on the pulse scene. I'm in the industry kind of thing. So I go to games, and I would anyway. But I see a lot, Sam. Man, I see a lot. And people, if I, if you're on the road and you're taking out your thing on Instagram to like post a story, then it's not the same. It's not the same. I don't care because I, there's no way I could have time to take off from my thoughts to do that. Not only if I did it, I would have got my ass kicked, right? Yeah, exactly. my own team. Yeah, Can you just, imagine taking a selfie? If I turned the camera, I used to go around with a fucking Kodak, as you know. But if I turned that around yeah. to myself and then sure. fucking like put it in, in my locker room. Oh my. Pull, it out of your, pull it out of your pants and warm up. Take a selfie? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and warm up. And you, would, take it you, over. Would get, you would get your ass kicked in the dress room after, and then you'd have to come back on the ice, and every guy in the other team would want to kill you too. Yeah, and I'd get a talking to from the coach. Oh, you, you probably wouldn't even be benched. You'd the be, most yeah. open-minded liberal coach would still call me in and question that whole idea. But it's kind of true, though. Like, how are you ready? How are you getting yourself ready mentally for the game? Taking selfies and Instagramming. I don't know. And the, and the thing is, they don't realize the time and space they have to do it. Like, I'm, I wish I had that time not to worry about fighting Mark Major or or uh, Ryan Vandenbush. Now, I'm not saying and people wonder why there was more drinkers in that era, too. Right. <laughs> fuck, man. I mean, fuck. Let me take the edge off a little bit here, please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was just a damn. Look, I'm proud of that era. And I'm, you know, I'm. It's not so much a complaint because it came out of it. Like I said, we got NHL games played. Like, I don't know the way I played the guys and you're the same, like the guys that we were coming up against, you know, who knows? We could have had fucking long-term concussion, concussion, whatever, you know, and I had concussions at the time, but uh, now I was going to say nothing long lasting, but (laughs) I hate to sound like an old guy when I talk to this stuff, but like, I do really think like just the professionalism, right? Like of like, you know, you're, you're actually playing, you know, you're playing a game in front of fans. You should be getting ready for the game to play your best, not doing Instagramming. Like yeah, you shouldn't be like, like, dude, I, I people, people uh, I mean, have their phone sense, and they like put yeah, just in between about. periods on Twitter. It's not, that's not even communication of text. Yeah. That's not even texting. That's during the game. You're going socially to, yeah. to, to talk to people millions and that's communication things change right they evolve i'm not kidding like if it, text is one thing 
I, I think I could probably, if I was a coach, maybe they'd look past it, but it would be tough for me to come in and go like, you guys are posting on Instagram cheering. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that people would laugh now because I do it playing senior hockey, but it's a, a it's the, it's the era. No one cares anymore. So I do it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's no offense to senior hockey, but you know, senior hockey. So, but I do find now it's, it's accepted. So I'm, I wouldn't be John Tortorella. I think I would go in and I'd really say to the guys, I'd take the captain and the assistants in, look, like, is this cool? Do you guys think that maybe we, or maybe put those, like we used to have to turn off the music 10 minutes before warm up. Maybe you guys half hour before put the phones away. Maybe you could say that, or would I be, would I be totally fucking right wing to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, 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 uh, you know, I, again, I just sound, I, I feel like I sound old. Like, don't you feel like a lot of stuff you say now? Like, I'm, well, I do like, because I know what, so, sorry, there's another side of this that I know the team, the teams generally, the coach might not like it, but the owner might because it's a marketing uh, thing too. Yes. So yeah, I know yeah, I'm yeah. sounding all half the time. Like, and if they told me different, trust me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn around and go, well, fuck this game. I would adapt for sure. I really yeah. am I'm curious. Sorry, I did cut you off, but that, that's what I mean. Cause I know I'm going to get emails, but yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to sound like a dinosaur. I mean, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you, you, like, I, I think you're the same. I, I try to be very progressive. I try to like, you know, things, the world changes and things. And I try and understand like, you know, yeah. obviously social media and all the stuff is a, it's a, it's a game changer that we didn't have that a lot of the stuff and the, the games change in a positive way. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, I will never, I would never want to play in another era that I played in, but you know, yeah, there was some down dark, dark stuff that went on there, you know, with the, especially yeah. with the fighting and, and the, again, the anxiety and all that kind of stuff for sure. So it's changing a positive way, but then there's just some of these, some of these things again, this, you just sound like you're an old school, you know, well, happy, happy guy, but yeah. And, and I, I think I it's think... the right way. I think there's a certain right way to play the game. And I think sometimes with uh, trying to, trying to market and trying to do the things that they have to do, which I totally understand. Um, it's kind of maybe gone a little bit. The pendulum swung a little it's bit. Where, it's far. where it's, it's, yeah, it's where the pendulum lands, isn't it really? Yeah. Cause yeah. what we're talking for me, I, I get the whole, a lot of good things happen within the game. The, the, the social media part is a, is a bit of a distraction. And I, well, look, you know me. I, I used to get there early because of the nerves. And for some reason, yeah. when I got to the rink, it kind of went away. It's like people ask. Yeah. I'm like, well, in the middle of a shift, as soon as the game started, it didn't matter anymore. Like, as soon as the game started, honestly, I'm not joking. I was afraid of nobody out there. The game was on the go. Was, but, yeah. And so it's not really even a fear thing, but it's the, it's the anticipation of what's going to happen in front of all those people. Like I said to me, it's not, it's not the like knuckles hitting me in the face. That's the least of all of it. The, the, yeah. Yeah. It's just the overall, really yeah. And you know, I same way. If you know, if if I know I'm going to take a penalty shot, I would probably get the same kind of a little different, but the same kind yeah. of nerves about it. If if we were sure. playing and I knew that I was taking a penalty shot the next day, you know, I'm yeah. going to I'm on stage. It becomes me and the fans and and whoever yeah. I'm battling, yeah. whether it's a goalie so you're or the, yourself, you're putting yourself yeah. out there essentially, right? Yes. And when you're, but, when you're going, yeah. When you're yeah. fighting or when you're whatever, you're putting yourself out there like you're. It's just you know, but, totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Right. Like, I, I think I would feel that way if I was a pitcher in baseball. So, sure. um, but when it, when it comes to the s social media, it's, I, I, I think maybe it's, it's one of these things that it's a judgment call and it, it's up to the leaders within a team. I, I really do because things have changed, but you can't tell me that that's good all the time. You just can't. It's just like, 
Simon, you know, I read a lot before games. So I would often have books in there and magazines. And every game I would go to early to pick up on what I was talking about earlier. I go to it early, but I wanted to be take my mind off that, you know, the nerves of it. So I would bring books. But more than one, I remember Bob Lauk's coming in and saying, Terry, like, you know, maybe a half hour before, can you put the books away? Because it looks like a bit of a distraction. You're yeah. reading about Galileo or whatever the fuck you're doing, or you're reading the latest Rolling Stone. You know, yeah. Paul McCartney's tour, and we got to go out and beat Kamloops. And I got it. There, was, there wasn't there was any pushback. But see, now the other side of it is that if I didn't like that, I could call my agent and he'd put it on Twitter. And then Bob, yeah. Bob would have to not be Bob. And then, yeah. you know, so I, th I think that comes down to leaders. I really do. I, I, think, mean, I think you made, that's a, a great point you just made there, because I think a lot of it, too, is it, it's a it's about respect for your teammates, right? Like if you're, yeah. if you're sitting there reading a book before the game, yeah. even though you're completely ready to go play the game and it's not distracting you from your game, the appearance of it to the rest of your teammates looks like, okay, this guy's not in the game with us. Like we got to go to, you know, we got to go to war yeah. here. You know, exactly. Minutes. And that's why I think that's like when you're Instagramming on the ice, I mean, it's like, it's, it's also, it's just disrespectful, I think to your teammates To That's kind of how I look at it. But again, probably just old, old school, Guy well, that, I think, that, and we'll it's like anything, life. right? I mean, there's going to be exceptions. Maybe the lights go out and, and you know, there's a 40-minute delay or or yeah. there's somebody that's up for his first game and you want to get him skating around the first, you know, that yeah. warm-up lap. There's always, but, you know, I what I'm saying is the constant need to be connected to the world. And, yeah, we, we, we know exactly what we're talking about. I'm literally talking into a mirror in this one. Um, but some good points. Okay, so. You need, you legitimately need to save Toronto from impending doom. Which superhero do you pick? And he or she has to be from Earth. So it can't be Thor or Superman that come from another planet. These people, you know, could be, I mean, Batman's an obvious, but there's a lot more like Batman. Yeah, my, well, my, just off the top of my head, obvious one for me is Iron Man. I would pick Iron Man. Iron Man. He can, he can make a whole bunch of cool shit and stuff too, and you know he's 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 he's, a, he's like an Elon Musk kind of. He's guy. he's a mere mortal as well. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's, he's like exactly. he is. He's like the the tech version of Batman, isn't he? How did no one ever put that together, or have they? Is this common knowledge? And I'm just putting it together right now. Um, you have uh, you have you you you've got access to a time machine. Okay, you can only go to the 20th century. What you have to grab yourself is a collectible. So it could be John Lennon's microphone. Uh, I, I, I don't, oh. Amelia Earhart's journal. It could be Hitler's fucking, well, that's a bad example. I'm going to get backlash there. I just meant he's a famous person. Uh, you know, it could be Richard Pryor's wardrobe. War for that big uh, Richard Pryor live. Just going down the list of things in my head that would, that I would find interesting. Um, oh, that is a God. You like you don't let me prep for any of these questions either. And you know I'm not that smart, you know. So well, you know what? It, a better, a, a, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. A better way to the word it would be just 
you, you, you've got a couple minutes, so think of one. There, I could think of a thousand that you could bring back and for more yeah. reasons. Well, I was going to say Hitler because you could study it like what made him so evil, but I, I just want to yeah. clear that up because when those words come out, what? how evil was yeah. he? When Nobody can ever name anything that again. No one can say the word without having to explain it. How fucking evil. Anyway, anyway, that's where I was going. You know, if I was going to grab something, Maybe his journal that no one saw would be fucking really yeah. not only interesting but important. Yeah, important exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I'm with you. Um, geez, 20th century. Bitcoin at three cents. Bitcoin at three cents. <laughs> <laughs> nice from the peanut gallery. Peanut gallery back there, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But he, but Gotti Barst in the background is, uh, he's, we got two brains here working, trying to good try answer. to keep, uh, give you some good answers. I'm trying to think of things. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going music for a lot of them. Bob Dylan's guitar at the Newport Fest when he went electric. That would be cool. There's, I mean, I guess Albert Einstein, one of, uh, like I, I Ch Churchill popped in my head. Um, you know, World War. Yeah, and, really anything you could pick. Uh, Once the person, you could pick anything. Einstein, what it would matter. I could have his pen or his fork or I yeah. guess it would matter if it's a journal or a diary. You could, Yeah. you know. Yeah, I'd probably go to the early, early 20th century and the World Wars and all that kind of stuff that went on. You know, like That even, would be interesting because there's less yeah. known about that. Well, it's like, you know, again, we, you know, I'm here to talk about Russia another time or whatever, but you know, do you think about what stuff, stuff's going on in the world these days? And then you look back at that time, that era, like the early 20th century from like, you know, 1900 to yeah. 1945 to 1950, right? Like all the stuff that went on there. And um, yeah, so we're kind of sort of coming to a time like that, right? A little bit. There's a little bit more, more, we've kind of had a lucky. Oh yeah. Lucky, you, we didn't have to think about yeah. war for, for more. I mean, I'm yeah. not disrespecting the Iraq war or anything, but yeah. it, it got yeah. to a point of numbness. There never seemed to be, even though I'm, I'm again, all kinds of people died and I'm really sorry to hear that, but we were almost an ignorant level of distance yeah. from that. You know, yeah. we knew what was going on, but this seems to me, well, for many reasons, including just the whole way it's going down, just like to roll into the Ukraine with tanks. Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, is this the fucking 1910s? Like, what's going on? Just like people, you know what I mean? Like, people are like Gennady Razin. I play with him in Freddy, and like, you know, you know, he's he's Ukrainian. And I'm like, well, you know, what do you think of this? Like, he just like, even I look at his his pictures, and you know, or any of the Ukraine, and it, like people just get up. It's a normal, yeah. you know. Is he, like, is I, I know really I'm not saying people aren't normal in other places, but in a, in a lot of places. The, the, the war is spurned on or you could see it coming. And I mean, I guess you could say it here, but, you know, people that got up, it's it just seems really close to home. Like, sure. you know, people oh, getting up absolutely. to do their work, their daughters, their sons going to school. What yeah. the fuck yeah. is this? Some oh, fucking tank on my street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's no. funny. Like the, the one experience I had, probably the best hockey experience I had is when I played for the Belfast Giants because I was over there and that it was just kind of after the peace accords, uh, yeah. Bill Clinton at that time. And so, you know, especially Belfast was like rejuvenating and they built this brand new rink and they had the Hard Rock Cafe attached. Like it was like, again, yeah, like legit, yeah. uh, legit, you know, first world kind of city, of course. 
And, um, but then you would like talk to the people there and like, there's this, you know, the division between Catholics and Protestants and English yeah. and Irish. And, and like people would tell you about growing up in the troubles in the seventies and eighties, like, like literally be having a birthday party in their house. The door gets kicked open. Some dude runs through the house and then there's a bunch of paramilitary guys like chasing after him and they're having a birthday party. Yeah. And imagine. it's like, like these crazy stories, like everybody's just trying to live their normal life. And meanwhile, there's bombs. That's going crazy. Off. Yeah. We can't it's fathom normal. that. Right. Imagine, imagine. So when that becomes normal, right. Then how are you truly happy? Like what, what is the definition of happy? Now I'm going back to Plato and Aristotle, but you know, you know, you know, you're trying to the pursuit of happiness. How could you ever possibly get there when guns are going off within an earshot of a birthday party? Yeah. You know, constantly. Well, you, you, we're humans. We can't, we constantly adjust, right? It's all relative to our, to where we're at. Like, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Man's Search for Meaning, like by Frankel, the one he was in, he was a Holocaust victim. Like he was in no. concentration camps. I would highly recommend you read it. Cause it's like really talks about that, about how. That's two. You got another one you wanted me to read. And I fucking went to chapters yesterday. Oh, yeah. I forgot to get it. I was looking for a book yesterday at chapters. I forgot. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll resend it to you, but yeah, but this one is just basically talks about you know it's we as humans have the capacity to change the narrative in our mind like our brain like even though yeah. he's in a concentration camp he still has his brain they can't take away his thoughts and how he thinks about and decides to look at things right and it's it pretty anyway i'll be very no, I, I love this you, you know what um, when we were having coffee in toronto recently you told me about this yeah i forgot yeah. about i forgot I, I don't it came up and you said that yeah you know you you can't take away my it's a pretty it's a pretty famous book it's uh you know i think i recommend everybody read it actually i've heard of it i uh i just it it comes in and out and i didn't really ever think to explore it you know i'm like it's just one of those things which as i get older i enjoy discovering those i went back now i'm halfway through and reading moby dick i'm watching all those movies from the top hundred i'm i'm like Citizen Kane and the Maltese Falcon. I'm going back. And another reason I'm fascinated to, to, to close the question, you were saying that I posed to you, but I will point this out. You know, if it comes to going back and getting a collectible, the, the further you go back in that century, and I guess by extension, time itself is fascinating because like after 1950s, say more and more things were, were televised. Like we can only see so much of the World War. It's fascinating that we can see any of it. But now you would see everything again. So the further you go back, like if you the first world war, there's really not much, not much footage. There's some, but really not much. We're seeing the same stuff over and over. And then beyond that, we don't really know. Like what were the stories about Julius Caesar, right? Or, you know, or did he gloss over those with very specific people at the pen? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of like course. back then, of course, you no, know, like, yeah. so it's, it's hard for, it's hard now we can still change there i mean there's more flat earthers than ever so i'm not saying that you need camera for truth because now this would be a good example but generally i can see that that you know that bomb was dropped i'm not you know tell me what you want who did the politics of why it was dropped can go but i see it with my own you know that's the way planes look like so in the future you will come back and none of this will be much of a mystery at least in how we lived who was yeah. right and wrong might be, but right. So no. as, as always is, but I think that's, I honestly have always thought like, 
I think thought about it musically. I'm like, you know, because when when it comes to the Beatles, someone asked me, you know, why their legacy, why they're so good and everything. And, and in my mind, you know, some people would disagree. But one thing I'm like, the timing has to be right for anything. And the timing was just like the world was literally becoming Technicolor. TVs were going black and white to Technicolor while they were like, you know, expanding the possibilities of not only artists, but people and the way the culture, you know, hippies and all that i mean i could get into it but timing's everything right it, it's tough for someone to come along now and do it but someone will out of each you know out of everything that happens like this like look at 9 11 right the rising bruce springsteen not just music but all kinds of positive things will happen humans will respond but it is fine the timing of everything i think it's going to be like we look back at 2000 like ad has to do with jesus's death right depending on what way for 500 years bc is 500 years before christ you know it, it's, no. and what where i'm going with this and i'm talking a lot is i think this will be a point in history i think a thousand years from now you'll look at the 1950s and and from there okay now we can map it out this is going to be our map because we got tv video we got pictures but you know not much is going to change for the 15th century unless we dig it up yeah that's that's so true so true. it took me a long then, while to get then all of our, but then all of our information is now in the digital cloud so what you know at least when you when you do an archaeology site and you pick a, a stone tablet or something like it's it's made of stone it's there you know like now we got it's all this is all in the ether right yes. like so it, well it all isn't because you can get physical pictures but yes yes you're, yes. you're correct um yeah get your shit together i just uh i just answered the last part of my own question with an eight minute epic non-answer okay um you have an all you got to make an all-star team from all time okay? okay except in this world all the forwards have to be d and the d have to be forwards oh my god well, well it's uh, uh forward line is uh, we got bobby or paul coffee up front uh to yeah. start with nice uh, um That's you know nice. what you know, you know I'm going to throw on here. This is going to be I'm gonna, I'm throwing Kale McCarr up there too because that guy is so. And good. you need a right shot, right? That was part of your answer, oh. wasn't it? You needed a right shot. No, I was not. Wasn't really? Deep. I was thinking right now. I couldn't put three lefts. Coffee or they're all going the same way in my mind. I'd have to put a right, and, and he's a great answer. Yeah, oh, he's fucking so sick. So good, so good, so talented. Uh, defensively, I uh, throw Guy Carbono on there for sure uh and who would i throw back there let's just oh yeah bergeron for the peanut gallery again that's a good one right-handed defensemen that are slight in stature i don't know i'm putting brent burns back there (laughs) fair enough so i'm gonna put dave Semenko back there <laughs> Just yeah. that's what people ask me about bird dog because people ask me about bird dog and I'm like, well, he wasn't a great skater. Like, what do you mean he was defense? I'm like, trust me though, no one wanted to go down his side. Nobody. If you went around him, like he might really hurt you. If you did it twice, he told me the first game I ever played him. If you do it again, I'm gonna break your ankle. And he nearly broke it. And it was the first time ever that I looked and I was like, literally, that's part of his game. Like. Yeah. Everybody out there, like, like I'm looking at a space that's open, and I'm not going for it. It was the first time in sports. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't go there because I really might be injured for ten games. <laughs> so true. That's so true. One of a kind. You have to be a doctor, or you have to be. But in in this world, here, here's the keys to the fucking 
city. You're a doctor, but you, you know, you've got the free ride, everything else, but you don't know what kind of doctor you're going to be. What kind would it be? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to say what the, the joke, the obvious joke would be, but kind of, I, I, I mean, you could be a doctor of philosophy. That's yeah, could, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, maybe a neurosurgeon like that. Those guys, uh, I know a couple of those guys. They're like, they, yeah. those guys play God, those guys. Like they, you know, they, they go in the I wouldn't brain. be able to be fucking around in the brain, though. I'd have to be one of those like doctors of philosophy or something. Like you're not really a doctor. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I could work with the brain. It would freak me yeah. out and gross me out at the same time. Yeah. And I would just be, Sam, man, I just went up at the top of the Grand Canyon and lost my, I, I, I just about fainted. If I didn't, I, if I didn't, when we were there in Vegas. Yeah. If I didn't, well, I was also hung over. It was the night after I was out with you. Um, <laughs> if I didn't get down low to the ground, I would have just fallen right over. Oh, I'm but the same way, man. I can't even, I couldn't even imagine. Things yeah. that push my mind, like my yeah. body can be pushed further and people laugh. I'm telling you, it's not, yeah. there comes a point like heights, like I just, or if I see blood to, to, to that level, um, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I, I might. I don't know. I might pass out. <laughs> I hate to say it. Sounds like I got no control over it. Wish I could make the choice. Okay. Um, I can't read that question. So we're going to go on to this one. Name something cool about Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It was a pretty cool town. There was a little, um, there was a little uh, spot up on the top of like, it's kind of hilly around like in Cincinnati. It was a yeah. downtown. I like and that. Yeah. Top, but I can't remember the name was of this it an place. Italian place? It's a, it's almost like a little. It was, I guess, maybe back in the day, it was a village. Like it was up on this, on this hill, and uh -huh. it's, it's had like a little, uh, it's a little community kind of thing, and it had like restaurants and bars, and nice. I can't remember the name of it to save my life, but it was a. I must have been spot. there. Oh, I'm sure you were. Yeah, great little spot. I wish I could remember the name of it, uh, but uh, yeah, that was. That's what I remember. It's a lot cooler of a city than I thought before I went. Yeah, there. and I asked because I, I, you know, you played there and. Seems a lot of my guests have gone through. That's had a pro hockey team. And you wonder why. They had an East Coast League team and an AHL team for all yeah. that time. I mean, a lot of people yeah. passed through Cincinnati. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so you have to go back in time. You're in Anglo-Saxon territory in Northern England, like 800, 900 years ago. The Vikings have landed, okay, in this oh. world. You had to pick two hockey players and a, mus and a musician. <laughs> To get you across England in over into Western Ireland to go, to Galway, so there's a bit of water you got to so you you've got to trek across. What do they call it? Like bushwhack or whatever you got to do your way across Ireland, then some water, then or England, then some water, then Ireland. So you get so once you're safe in the boat, okay. So you get two two hockey players and a musician to take you on that ride. So I mean. They don't all have to be survivor men. I would probably help if one was. One can be a, a comedian, I guess, keep you entertained, or a musician with a fucking fiddle. You pick, but you got to get a music. Well, I guess you already got a musician. Two hockey players and a musician. And then when you get to the boat, you have to pick a captain. And it's a hockey player or a coach. And that captain gets you over to, to St. John's oh. where you're free. You and your captives are free. Well, buddy, I would take you for sure. Oh, that's a great just compliment. Make, just make just make you come because you just made me have to have, answer this question. You so would you make me come. Be, that's you, good. <laughs> would you'd you have to come and, and entertain me. You'd be the entertainer. I'd have to get pretty drunk. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 
<laughs> we could. And then I would do. I think I don't know. I just just popped in my head. This is random. I, I would pick a guy named Randy Gregg who played for the Oilers, who's doctor. a doctor. You have yeah. a doctor with you, right? That makes sense. Good. Fantastic answer. Yeah. There's there's some your entertainment, and then I got Randy Gregg. Yeah, Randy okay. Gregg get us out of a lot of jams, but yeah, right. And then who I need a musician. <sighs> who do I want to hang out with? Yeah. Well, uh, Dave Grohl. I mean, Dave Foo Fighters. Yeah, hang out yeah. With him. I'd love to hang out with him. Great, great. That's a great answer. Oh. Yeah, and it takes and, you all the way back to Junior because he was part of that grunge movement I spoke of yeah. earlier. Scott, a legend. Okay. And the captain. Yes, Jesus, I'm forgetting my own question. Finally, when you get to the water, you got to have a captain drive the boat, and it can be any coach or player. Oh, well, I'm going to go with my like one of my uh, favorite coaches that I had was uh, Tom Rennie. Tom Rennie was a just because his his overall knowledge, or his leadership, or his knowledge between, of boats. Between well, Randy Gregg is going to be okay. He's a, he's this doctor. But between you, me, and Dave Grohl. We're not really going to get too much shit done. We're going to be talking and yeah. we're not going to be doing anything. So we need Tom to kind of like just make sure, keep us on target to get to where we got to go. He's a good taskmaster. He's a good, yeah. You know, yeah. I like it. That's nice a decent man. answer. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm trying to think. I don't know anybody that has a sailboat. It's weird. I would think. I, I just tried so. to think. You would figure someone that we know got into that but and i live in newfoundland i mean i know people around here but the question was hockey player okay what kind of dog should be eliminated or let's say this that should be but you have to pick one type of dog that just vanishes from earth like men in black no one even realizes it's gone because their brains get that treatment those little those little those little poodles they gotta go the little the tiny little, poodle. Little, pardon, they, the bark, the barky little poodles. They get the miniature poodles. Okay. You have to eat a '90s TV character. You've been starved. You've been captured, and this group, <laughs> this tribal group, has starved you. They've just kept you alive with the minimal nutrients. Okay, and it's gone on for three months, not three weeks, three months, and now. They're saying, okay, you can leave. We know you're hungry, but you have to take one of these TV characters and they will magically appear. They'll be dead. You have to cook them. But which one do you pick? And it's survival. It's survival, though, too. Like, because if you do pick like a, a, an alcoholic or, or a fucking cokehead or something, then, you know, that's, that's a level of poison, the toxins that you're taking in. You have right. to survive your way out of the jungle with only this in you. Right, and then you're good to go, but you don't necessarily want to pick someone with. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you're like your other options are worse, right? Yeah. But you 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 got to pick someone that makes sense because you got to get out of the jungle. It's going to take you a week, and you got to take some of this shit on your back too. Like, oh, because I got to carry this person too. Oh, that's going to change things. They, well, you got to keep, keep whatever you think. If it's yeah. too heavy, you have to. Uh, if it's me, I'd probably say I, I want to eat. The least of this person that I possibly can. So I'm going to like make beef jerky or something like that. And I'm going to go. <laughs> How much beef jerky do I need for a week? Enough that could fit, I don't know, in a little baggie. Well, I was going to, I, I, again, I thought I was looking at calorie intake. I need some calories. So I was like yeah. thinking like Roseanne Barr. Okay. Easy. Great answer. You know? Yeah. That's as good of answer as any. Yeah. Because make some beef jerky too. We could do it all. Yeah. 
I mean, doesn't really need to go any further than that. Great answer. Okay. You're, Dar you're Darth Vader in this world, okay? But it's getting tiring. You don't really want to be Darth Vader. You want to cast this whole dark side idea, because you're, but you're embarrassed to bring it up to the council. Whoever they are, the dark side council. I've seen all the Star Wars, but again, I don't watch yeah. many movies twice. Yeah, I'm you saying, know, right. maybe Empire I watched twice, but you know, I've seen them all. But there's there's a and council that sits the there and they judge people. Imperial, the Imperial Council, I think, is what it is. Im yes, Imperial Council. There. Who? Okay, so you 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 have to bring this up, but you know they're going to go, Darth. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? And you're not the best. You're Darth Vader here, so you're not the best at communicating. We all know that, right? So you have to pick one person to give the speech to the council. Who would that person be? It can be anybody. You have to go, like, look, like if I picked you, I'd say, look, Sam, you got to go in there and, like, warm these guys up at the very yeah. least. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they're really bad people. They want to take over the universe. Like, they want nothing good here, so... I don't know what I was thinking to this point, but it's a bad yeah. idea, right? It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Oh, I'd throw in, uh, oh, yeah, this, I don't know why this popped in my head. Good Canadian, Jim Carrey. Throw Jim Carrey in there and let him be. Jim Carrey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, because, because why not? Do, if you can make him laugh a little bit, and he's pretty <laughs> smart. Yeah, right? and he, he, he can distract him with all of his, like, you know, uh, his uh, physical comedy and facial expressions. Okay, that's a... Uh... It's a great answer. You have to give up one of these things. Pizza, beer, red meat, pasta, or jeans. Blue jeans. <laughs> what would I give up? Uh, pizza, beer. I'd give up the, uh, I'd give up the pizza. I'm not crazy. That's a tough one. Pizza, the pasta. Yeah, I guess I should have said pizza and pasta, but I can't ask that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have said pizza and pasta. Um, and it is still tough because both are just fantastic. You got to change your name to one of these things, okay? It's got to be one of these things. You have no choice. Okay. You don't get a nickname either out of it. So it can't be like if it's timothy it can't be timmy like or, or tim this is your name okay cedric pork they're all they're all they're all they're all pig related cedric pork louis the pig billy bacon or sam hammy god that the last billy bacon i think i gotta go with billy bacon billy bacon yeah, because Kevin Bacon is a person. I can do like what three degrees of separation with me now. Yeah, like Billy Bacon. How does how do you know Billy Bacon? <laughs> Billy Bacon. What a handle. Okay, I like that. Um, okay, name me the most memorable goal you've ever scored. It doesn't have to be an overly important goal it can just be like i i some goals i remember other more than others yeah, for some nice, reason yeah. i don't know why but i just picture it going in are there nice. any goals that in your head are almost like photographic well it's probably easier for me because i've scored way less goals than you did in your career uh so of the handful well, that is that is true 
I remember actually the, the coolest one was I was uh, playing the Canadian national team. We were in Moscow playing against the Russians in the Izvestia tournament. And I scored the game winner. Boom. Coming down the slot from the D. So really? That, yeah. That's a pretty big goal, regardless. That was probably my biggest goal, I would think. But you maybe, could maybe you, junior, you, you could play, you could scrape. I don't know. It would tough to, because at times, like I think I remember, you were on the power play with us in St. John's the odd time, weren't you? Yeah, once in a while, yeah. Once in a while. You could get it done, but see... It's often, it's like I often say to, to forwards coming in, and I don't mean this in any bad way. I, I used to enjoy this, but if myself and, oh God, um, I don't know. I had him on my show. Great guy, Eric Hood. If we oh, both yeah. got called up, yep. right? Then let's say we both put in the game then, and we're playing Chicago. It, it would, obviously, you're going to put me on the line that's playing against like I see, I know why I was playing against Probert and Jansen's. It wasn't necessarily to fight them, but at least yeah. not get intimidated by them. And and hit. Yeah. And so, now if we both had same similar numbers in junior, but whereas I'm doing something extra, I'm going to play the regular shift. I might have to fight. I might be out there to kill a penalty, but we're we're both equal in offense. But you're probably putting him on the power play, right? So it's often I say to you know there's people like that. Like I don't know, like Darcy Tucker. I mean, he led the Western League in scoring. But when he went to teams, he generally wasn't on the power play right away. But if you were to look at the stats, he's probably got more points than, you know, coming in that year than, I don't know, Valerie Burre. It's a great example, right? They're in the same league. Tux was outscoring him. But once we got to Montreal, I'm not saying Tux didn't get the ice time, but they gave him the ice time that was harder to play against. And Valerie got, you know, but now both guys didn't get enough there and got traded. But you know where I'm going with that, right? Yep. You were that kind of defenseman. Yeah. You get yeah. the harder minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no yeah. question. Yeah, right. I was We're always gonna... against the top line and all oh, the American League goes and yeah. usually against the top line trying to shut them down and all that. You're going stuff. to expend your energy, right? We're going to leave it to so and so to do the scoring. And your game, if you get open, fine. That's at least the way that uh, yeah. I saw it. 100%. Okay, so you're going on a two week trip, I would say around the world, but. I, I suppose it could be. It's like an amazing race thing, okay? And again, in this hypothetical world, people can get resurrected from the dead. So you pick, you got to go with this person. Do you go with Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, or Celine Dion? Johnny Cash, hands down, not a question. You know, there's a picture of him out there. I didn't know till recently. I didn't know this. He used to come to Newfoundland hunting. And if it, he used to go to Grand Falls, my dad's fucking hometown, and really? go moose hunting. And, and there's all kinds of pictures coming out now about it. Uh, yeah. There, that, That's the good side of social media, the sharing of positive. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Have you, I, I, have you, I, I think I've introduced you to this new, the new reincarnation, as far as I'm concerned, is the uh, Coulter Wall from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Dude, are you so, kidding me? So I, and that God. now, you, okay, you gave that to me in the summer, gave me that idea, gave yeah. me. You sent me a text, which was a single text, nothing yeah. explained, just, and it was the song, uh, Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, yeah. you, you just sent me that song, and I couldn't fucking believe it. I got yeah. right into him. I've got all this YouTube stuff now, uh, and those who know him love him. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. He's uh, a legend. Like as a matter of a fact, is there anybody? I didn't even look. I didn't look, but I mean, there's there, there's a chance he's in Nashville when we're there. He plays Nashville all the time. He does, yeah. And I saw he he just played there. I think in the fall, I want to say, because I okay. saw it. I was th- I, that's exactly what I thought of. I mean, man, would that be incredible? Yeah. Oh, that would oh, be I'll just have to figure that out. Yeah, we got to go see him live. We got to go see him live. Okay, Sam, man, I, Jesus, I took a, an hour of your time, but I got one more question. And this is, you can, your, your all-star team of all time, you're going to play against me. You get five players and a goalie. I get five players and a goalie, except in this universe, in this universe. Nobody named Lemieux or Gretzky, Howe, or Montreal Canadiens. Okay, so am I going first? Well, I mean, I've already gone. I'm saying in this universe, I've already got my team. Whoever I picked is irrelevant. You've got to pick five players to play against me. It can't be Lemieux or Gretzky, Howe, or Habs. All right, well, I I got to go Messier. Center. I picked Messier. Yeah. You did? I did. So I can't pick him? No, no. I'm saying my, I did this like I've been doing asking this question for a while. And three three weeks ago, I think I had a solo show. Someone backed out again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did. Actually, I listened to that one. I did, I did. I, you, you did a great job. You did a great okay. job. So, yeah, I, I, I picked Messier, I believe, Crosby. She said, I don't even remember. It wouldn't have been. Uh, Eisenman. I picked Messier because yeah. I wanted to have a little bit of extra grit there, and Crosby's got yeah. it. But And I picked – it was tough, um, but I picked Pronger and Niedermeyer, I believe. Oh, Lidstrom. I picked Lidstrom, Pronger, but it took me forever between Niedermeyer and Lidstrom. So there yeah. was one A and one yeah. B. That's great. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, I'll do Messier if that's okay. And I'll try and change it up a bit. I'll do uh, on the back end. I'll do coffee, and I'll do, I'll do your coffee. You can, oh, oh no, coffee. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then I uh, your your senior's favorite player, Dennis Potvin. Great picks. <laughs> on the great end. picks. Yeah, coffee Potvin. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if anybody other than seniors said Potvin, but there's another guy. Complete. I don't know how people are forgetting, and he's on the air once in a while, or at least he was. Uh, man, what a fucking career he had! And they yeah. won four Stanley Cups in a row, man. And I'm going, what? Like or three? I'm going. That that team is underrated. No one brings it up. The New York Islanders. Uh, I don't know if it's their their shtick or or, but I mean, Mike Bossy's one of the best scorers ever, yeah. and you'll never hear that. I mean, he shoots right. You never yeah. say like Ovechkin is like Bossy. You need to always be like. Gretzky and Ovechkin isn't anything like Gretzky. He's more like Bossy than any of them. Yeah, well, you never... I, mean, I think it's, it's it's you get overshadowed. You get overshadowed by the Canadians, right? So before yeah. before them, and then they're they're the New York Islanders from New York. Yeah, and then the next yeah. era was the Edmonton Oilers, which was like probably most most dynamic there yeah. ever in hockey, right? So they're in they're kind of smudged in the middle, and uh, yeah, you're right. They don't get the love they deserve. They were they were they were amazing. Sam, man, I uh, I will see you in a month. Thanks for your time and everything else uh, over all these years. Your friendship. Thank you for doing this today. I wish we had had fucking wrist shock. But anyway, thanks anyway for showing up. I do appreciate it. I will yeah. see you in less than a month. Yeah, in Toronto. 
And then uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I can't wait to go back. When I have been to Nashville, it's only been for one night. I know what it looks like, but I've never actually hung out in Nashville. And I can't think of a better person to do it with. See you later. Have a great fucking day. Have a great month. Thanks for doing Tales with TR yet again. Okay, there you have it. The Sandman back again. Thanks a lot for that. Sandman and uh, I kid, I kid. I love having Sandman on and I love having people back for the second or third time because you can ask some questions that are a little bit off the radar that don't necessarily have to do with their career. Uh, So, yeah, that was a blast. Thank you, Sandman. Okay, it's about this time that I recommend uh, some some music for you. But before I do that, hold on. I do have to get back. I'm trying to get away from answering messages for my podcast because, like I said before, my inbox, all of them are absolutely overrun. But I do have a friend, Merle, that asked this question a while back, and uh, I said I would get to it. And... Um, to avoid this, though, for everybody else, if you can tune in on Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern, my father and I do a Q&A. It lasts for about 45 minutes, and actually it just zips by. And we've had some great questions so far. So it's, it's a better forum to do that, although Merle is a good buddy. And once in a while, of course, I, I know people are excited and have questions, and of course I'll do what I can to accommodate. So his question was, about the big collection of jerseys you have and worn over your life, what five mean the most to you? And you wouldn't want to keep if you could only keep five. Okay, you would want to keep five jerseys. Definitely the one I was drafted in. There's, that to me is, they're all a result of teamwork, not just the team I was on, but the team in my life. But the one that I got drafted in for sure, it represents my coaches, my friends, my relatives, you know, my, my parents, um, of course, uh, you know, everything leading up to that point, um, you know, childhood friends that I played other sports with, because when you're 17 turning 18, as you are in your draft year, you're still a kid. You might look like a man, especially, you know, people that are athletes that are at the NHL draft. I mean, I'm sure that the players look more physically imposing and physically mature than they actually are mentally. And I know that from experience, I can pretty much speak for most of us at the draft. We had no idea what was coming, but to that point, everybody in our family that, that believed in us contributed something, right? Everything from games of street hockey down on back of Rosedale place. When I was seven, eight years old with Scotty Noftel and Steve Oliver and uh, Ian, Dwyer, you know, guys like that growing up that I barely see anymore, but they had something to do with it. We spent hours and hours and hours together every day, practicing and playing. Um, You know, my parents made the obvious sacrifice to come away with me when I was 14. I mean, they came back after that when I was 15, but to get my feet off the ground, they came away and that was obvious. I mean, there was a lot of other things. They had to quit their jobs to do that. Nothing was guaranteed. Um, my coach, coaches that I had, you know, Jim Locke, Durham Connolly. Um, now this is starting to turn like an Academy Award speech, and I don't want it to. But what I'm saying is that to put on that jersey, and it had 95 on it, it was the year, you know, 1995. And there was no name on it. It was just 95. And I, that's what I love about it, because that jersey represented 
a team effort more so than any other jersey, right? It's not like I wore that in a game. It's not, it was just given to me and it's a symbol of my little community of family and friends being there for me and helping me. And me isn't even part of that. That was an us thing. That jersey was an us thing. So that would be number one. Now, number two, of course, it would have to be a Team Canada jersey, right? And although I did way back in under 18 and under 17, 16, 17, 18, and in those years, I did play for Canada, but we didn't win it. It was a real honor to put on the jersey. And looking back, I mean, I got a couple there, you know, that, I mean, at one tournament, I had Jerome Aginla was my right winger for, uh, what was it? The under 17 world championships. We lost to the Czech Republic in the semifinal. It was a great tournament, but again, that would mean more personal stuff, right? I, great. I wore the Canada Jersey, but we lost and I was MVP a player of the game. Three games of the five Kyle McLaren was the other two. That's the truth. So it meant a lot personally, but as far as Canada jerseys that I love is the first in 2003 in ball hockey. I was, I did, I just never saw that coming that I would, a, be done hockey, so that part was a bit depressing, but I was soon to be done because of an ankle injury, but I couldn't feel it when I ran, and George Gortzos and Tony Nito took a chance on me, and we went to the World Championships in 2003, and we won it, and I had one shift at the final. I had no business being there, but that was my starting ground. They molded me into a ball hockey player after that. 2005, we won it, although I was hurt. 2007, I was an all-star, so I you know, 2007, I probably had better personal stats, but that first one, and it really felt like a team thing because I, I was lucky to be there. It's not like they were relying on me for anything other than to keep everybody in a good mood, play the tunes in the room, learn, right? I remember George saying, you know, you're, you're, this is for you to learn. And I was, well, it's not like I was terrible, but ball hockey is different than ice hockey. And I played like locally in Newfoundland. I never really practiced, you know, give me a ball or, or a puck and a stick. I'm probably going to be okay. But that's it. I was okay. I certainly wasn't world-class for that first one. And that's why it was such a surprise. And we had, um, I had lost, you know, my opportunity for a professional career. My NHL dreams were falling apart right in front of me. And uh, to, so to, to win a world championship unexpectedly was a huge moment in my life. And that transcended hockey. So there's the first two. What would be the third? I love the Tri-City American jersey. I just love it. Uh, the original is great, the, the black and yellow, but the, the one we had, it was the second coming of the Tri-City jerseys, the second version. And it was uh, there was an eagle on the front, red, white, and blue. I mean, I always found it weird. They, they went, the Tri-City Americans were black, yellow, and white first. I mean, it's the Americans wouldn't have to be the colors of the flag. I guess nothing, you, you don't have to do anything, but... I've never asked why they went with that. But anyway, when I came in, it was their fifth year in, in existence. And they changed it over to red, white, and blue and a beautiful American or an eagle uh, kind of perched on a hockey stick. It's beautiful. Um, I don't even think it's part of their getup anymore. But those, those original red, white, and blue Tri-Cities, and for a lot of reasons as well. Uh, I wore that in my 16 and 17 and 18-year-old year. But of course, my draft year was big to me. And my draft year was the perfect example. We didn't win the championship, but we exceeded expectations. We were young. Last, I was talking about, you know, last week with Randy Petruck, Kamloops beat us, but 
we all really improved. And that's when six of us got drafted, three of us in the first round, myself, Lanks, uh, Damon Lankow, and Brian Boucher. And that really, you know, that was the last jersey before that, you know, you're, you're a little bit naive as a kid and you're playing Major Junior and it just represents a lot to me. I, I never... I thought Major Junior, like I thought the same thing of Major Junior as the NHL when I was just two years before it. I thought, no way I'm going to actually play Major Junior. And then to get drafted eighth in the world, you know, and, and just to be one of the prominent players in the division even was just so much fun. It was so much fun. Uh, you know, me and, and, and well, there was a bunch of us that had, you know, just specifically that season we had six people drafted there was only about seven or eight on our team in their draft year so it was great we all experienced together me Lanks, and bush to be honest um we really fed off each other and it felt surreal for all of us no none of us saw that coming such high draft picks and everything that came with it and all of a sudden you're flipping open the hockey news to the prospect section and you're reading about yourself. The whole ride was surreal. Every day I woke up and I had to like pinch myself some days for real. And um, I'm, I'm not trying to exaggerate or be cliche that that's, it was wild. And I still look back and I, I can't think of myself in that Jersey and not start smiling. Um, I could try to explain it for five hours, but that's it. I, I just can't not smile when I see that jersey or picture myself in it. There's really not a bad memory. Anything bad was just adversity that we overcame. We were kids. We were loving life. And, uh, yeah, we were brothers. And that's what that represents to me. So that's three. Now, fourth, I guess you would have to take my first NHL game. It's the Montreal Canadiens. It's number 14, not number like 92 or, you know, it's a classic low number on an original six team. Uh, the Habs were my favorite. I know I've already said a Habs jersey being my draft year jersey, but I never actually wore it. When I skated onto the ice with Ryan on my back, number 14 for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, God, I, I just can't even I, again. I can't. I nearly. I remember that moment. And like when I explain to people I'm scared of heights and I start getting dizzy, it was like that. So that's how overwhelming it was. I, it was sensational. It was euphoria. It was everything. Uh, I just remember being so, I don't sweat a lot. I'm the type, really, I come off after a game, I worked hard and I, I still don't sweat a lot. And I just remember being so thirsty. I, I was, I guess, a combination of nerves and awe, but I was just sweating bullets. I remember having to have so much water before the game. And um, just skating out. And, and that was warm up. Like I remember just skating onto the ice. Right. And the announcer, yeah, like Canada and, and everybody stands up and starts cheering. And I just I, I just couldn't believe I was part of it. So I more remember like skating on for warm up. I can tell you right now I'm looking at the ice. I can see everything where the pucks are. I see it. It's photographic. Um, and then, you know, my first game was Philly. That was wearing that jersey. We were whites at home then. I still got it down there on the wall. And um, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, I just can't even, uh, I, it's surreal that it even sits on my wall and I wore it in an NHL game. It's still, I'm still coming to terms with it. So there, that's four. Now this question, of course, I got one more jersey. God, I don't want to leave anybody out i'm trying to think these on the spots right uh 
and I want to answer it fairly. You know, some teams had a great time. The Orlando Seals was great. That was last going off my last team with a really unique jersey. I, if, 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 this, if there was no sentimentality here, I would pick that one out of its uniqueness. They were only the Seals for a few years. They were the Solar Bears. Now they're back to the Solar Bears. But for a few years, they were the Seals, the Atlantic Coast League, and we had awesome jerseys, cool color combo too. But of course, and we did win the championship, but uh, I'm going to give you my fifth. Okay? I'm going to give you my fifth. You're going to laugh. The Newfoundland Black Horse ball hockey jersey. Um, it means a lot to me. We won a national championship here in 2010. The team is still going. I helped resurrect, resurrect it. We, we Again, Newfoundland, you don't win many national championships, right? We only have a chance in rugby, curling, ball hockey. Not real. I mean, if, if we were to win at soccer, we would have had to upset BC or Ontario. So it doesn't really happen. We did make it to the bronze medal game. The men did a few years ago, Holy Cross, which is an accomplishment. But I'm just saying overall, we don't do the population and other, other reasons, but population mostly, you know, the national championships. Like I said, we usually play the host the first game, so they win. But uh, I'll say that. And a lot of my good friends, and, you know, you look at my hockey career, my hockey DB, I lived in some great places, and I, I didn't usually stay anywhere, even in senior hockey, for more than two or three years. But I've been on the St. John's Caps now for five, uh, and the uh, Newfoundland Black Horse, my hometown, my home province, I should say. And it, it, it spans so off, because in 2010, when we won it, Teddy Purcell was there and Adam Party, Donnie Goss, my age, you know, some guys my age, and a few younger, and now I, I guess Black Horse. We played our last nationals a couple of years ago. Now I'm i moved on to Masters, but I played till I was 42, 40, 42. And you know Zach O'Brien, Marcus Power, Connor Donahue, Cody Donahue, Danny Wicks, Alex Powell, like a bunch of my younger buddies there. You know that came in. So that team represents a large spectrum. Um, a demographic, I guess, of, of players and friends that I really love. And it's great to play for my province. And like I said, we've, we've got about five national silvers. Could, couldn't get past the red light other than the one year. And uh, in 2010, we got that national. And ball hockey is a great sport. And uh, I just love playing with my home, home province, no matter what it is. And that's probably the biggest dent that we've made. We've won a national. So there, there's my five. And uh, 5B, there you go, St. John's Caps, the team that I will go out with and my good friends now. It's our fifth year, win or lose. We're going for the Herder. I'm done after this year, but it's been a great ride. And I love not only playing for my home province, but my hometown. I was born in St. John's. And, uh, you know, I live in Mount Pearl, but I was born in St. John's. I grew up watching the Caps. And to me, they were, they were the equivalent of the Montreal Canadiens for many years. So they're... I usually bring up a, a, an album and the album I'm bringing up today is well, the, the, the mainstream album and, and a local album. So I will go with Paul Simon Graceland. Now I love it. A lot of you are probably familiar with Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel bridge over troubled water. Of course, Cecilia go, go on and on. Um, and Paul Simon on his own, uh, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. There's some great Paul, Paul Simon solo albums. Simon and Garfunkel are probably his 
most iconic, but you could argue that. But in 1986, he had an album called Graceland. And now the title song, those of you who know Elvis, is um, Graceland is where Elvis is buried and he lived there and uh, in Tennessee. So when I originally, and I, I was going through, I've often mentioned trying to go back and watch the 100 greatest movies like as, on this list. And it, that changes. So, you know, it probably ends up being 150 or 200. And I try to chip away. Right, I try to chip away. Last night, we uh, Batman Begins was on that list. My, it's some if if there's one I can watch with my daughter, I do. But I go back and watch the right right from uh, one that I watched recently, Charlie Chaplin, Modern Times. Wow, I thought he was a bit of a joke until I watched that in the late twenties. Really relevant, and I like reading about them and going in. It's almost like a history lesson. Well, the same thing with music. So, <coughs> Rolling Stone or many different organizations or magazines or TV channels. They'll often rate the top albums. So, you know, this is a completely subjective thing. So I don't just go, this is the best by far, or this is the best. Um, but I generally peruse. And if there's something that comes up a lot, I will give it some investigation and another listen, like get in the bath, whatever it is, right? Toss it on, smoke half a joint or something and uh, sit there in the dark. I, yes, I do that quite frequently. So, the album he went he went as far as far as I know, you know, and I, I I've listened to it quite frequently, and I I've read about it. Is Paul Simon was he was he, he had just broken up with um, with I guess Simon and Garfunkel Eric Garfunkel they weren't on good terms anymore, and his marriage to Carrie Fisher who just passed away a couple of years ago she was of course Princess Leia in Star Wars so in the early eighties I guess they were very big celebrities, both of them, and that world got them together and they were married, but they, they'd split up. So he was almost on a soul searching kind of quest. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I never do, but that's the way I understand it. I think if you were to look into it, that would definitely be a common theme. You know, he was probably a bit upset looking to find himself midlife crisis, whatever way you want to explain it. So he went to Africa and he got a bit of shit for it because there was there was South Africa had apartheid. Apartheid, is that how you say it? Which, which is obvious segregating of certain groups, racial groups. Um, so, but he went and he worked with a lot of, what's it called? I think it's called Zulu music, but, uh, you know, a lot of bongo play, a lot of acapella. It's, it's in the culture of, of Africa, you know, you often hear that sound. I don't even know want to classify it. But when you listen to Graceland, you'll see what I'm talking about. And other than the first, or other than the song Graceland being about Graceland and loosely Elvis, I don't really see a connection on many of the other songs, but it got, say a song named Dialed Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. And I love that. And for years, I thought it was some rich bitch, you know, elitist coming in, oh, she got diamonds on the soles of her shoes. But I listened to it again the other day and I Googled it. About a week ago, I went through another Paul Simon phase, and uh, it could be taken as she's, you know, she's dating a poor boy and she's embarrassed. So she puts the diamonds on the soles of her shoes. And I, I never thought of it like that, which is great. That's why you listen and re-listen to art and watch art. And because there's so many interpretations, when you think of it like that, the song is completely different. I Googled it and no one was really sure. And I don't know if he came out and said it, but anyway, that's, and, and it's just like, it's so different. The instruments are different and just, I, I didn't even know how to work those words into a song. 
she likes diamonds on the soles of her shoes and and it goes on and on and he's talking and he's singing and it's beauty boy in the bubble's awesome you can call me al it's also a great video but the music the experimentation between cultures i don't think there's much like it before or since i believe that's probably why it's so high on the list on one rolling stone top 500 it was uh <clears throat> these come out every few years but it was number nine so it is a pretty big album and uh, i think it influenced more than one genre right you could i mean a lot of people do but if you were listening to metallica ride the lightning clearly that they evolved with the black album enter sam man and after that was it until it sleeps but it's still metallica and but, but they were more than anything i, th I think in influencing hard rock bands or, or heavy metal or whatever it might be but this i don't know i can't put a finger on the sound it's a little bit of everything and i think you'll like it but like most albums i recommend on here graceland must be listened to start to finish to truly appreciate the entirety of the project as a whole think of each song as you know a spoke to the wheel and the wheel once you listen to the whole thing the wheel will be turning but until then and that was my fault for so long listening to these classic albums i would listen to one song here and one song there uh which is why for years i thought the album graceland was about graceland right because the song is there and then i would just listen to paul simon's songs I, I don't know what's on what album, but when you, when you, Paul Simon or anybody else, when you listen to the full album, you can hear the band's evolution. You can more so hear what they're trying to say, if they're trying to say anything. But, you know, I like Green Day. American Idiot is another example. The album American Idiot, yes, of course, there are good songs on there that you can listen to. But when you listen to it as a whole and you try to like maybe decipher some messages i like that part too not everything is meant to be just in your face sometimes you can think hotel california where you can make all kinds of assumptions but they've never really come out and admitted what it's about the eagles uh so anyway um it, it's a great album check it out paul simon graceland trust me no matter what you're into if you just sit back put your phone down whatever it is you like to do smoke a puff of a joint have a half a glass of wine have a coffee, whatever gets you into the place of relaxation. Yes, I said coffee because it wakes you up, but some people are relaxed. Not everybody likes to booze every day. Whatever it is, have a cigarette. Whatever it is that puts you in a mood. Like I said, I like to turn, out, turn down the lights, get in the bathtub. <laughs> Might be a picture most of you don't want to see, but anyway. And that's when I put on my classic albums or if I'm cleaning up, but trust me. As long as you listen to it, you will enjoy this one. And locally, okay. Um, coming back at you with a Newfoundland sound, which is this band, I think, if, if I told you they were from Ireland, I don't think anybody would question it. Uh, they're called the Irish Descendants. There you go. A lot of you know exactly where I'm going with this. But uh, great tunes, a local spin on Irish classic sound. I absolutely love the Irish Descendants. I grew up with them. Their first albums that I recall were in the early 90s. And one of the first concerts, I had actually opened up for Rod Stewart in an odd pairing. And their classic, I guess, novelty song would be Rattlenbog. But just go out and look them up on Spotify or, or wherever, you, you know, wherever you uh, choose to get your music, iTunes, whatever it might be. 
again, I use Spotify, but I buy the, uh, I don't disrespect the artist. If I, if I like the song or sorry, the album, I will always buy it. I have everything by the descendants. It's just easier to organize it on my phone using Spotify. I don't mind that paying $7.99 a month or whatever it is. But I mean, Shamrock City, Raggle Taggle Gypsy, Peter Street, the Dublin Reel, love it. Uh, man, Barrett's Privateers, these guys come at you. Uncle Dan. My favorite is an old Donovan song called Catch the Wind, and they uh, remake that one and put their own spin, and it's deadly. Fish off Cape St. Mary's. Look, I could go on and on and on. They do their own version of Sam Hall. But um, I would say, and I think it's just the best of. Let me look this up. Is it just the best of? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So I would recommend the best of Irish Descendants. I mean, if I had to go one album, uh, early 90s, this one's not on Spotify, but I remember it's uh, early 90s, something to the shore, whatever it might be. Um, but in any case, just, just get the greatest hits, whatever it is. Listen to it. If you like the Pogues, right, you'll, you'll definitely, if you like the, uh, oh God, Saw Doctors, if you, if you, it's, uh, you know, I, I think you'll like it. If you like Irish music and you're, you like Newfoundland, I guess you don't even have to like Newfoundland, but I'm overselling it here. It's just good fucking music. So play Graceland by Paul Simon and uh, find yourself some time to listen to the Irish descendants, the best of, and I guarantee you that your ears are going to be smiling. And uh, what else? Ryan Power, Power Conditioning. Check that out. If you're local, especially if you're an athlete on the way up, you want to go to Ryan Power. He's great. He knows what he's doing. Trust me. Alex Newhook, Malik, Maggie Connors, amongst others, swear by him. And I've worked with him. And I tell you right now, you can't go wrong worth working with Ryan Power of Power Conditioning. If you need any more info, shoot me a note. Um, check him out on Instagram and his website, whatever that might be. Uh, Green Sleeves Downtown Uptown, check those out. Support local now. We're really opened up now. Now we're really opened up by this point. Before there was measures being taken that we didn't have to do this and that and 75%, masks, optional, all these things, you know. But now, or sorry, mandate. But now on the 14th here in Newfoundland, there's no more anything. We're pretty much at that point now, but... Um, I mentioned that because people need to get out there now and all these bars and restaurants that need your support, what's, you know, to go do it. We, we got to help local. It's, it doesn't help to go up and buy all your groceries at Walmart. Um, it might help you in your pocketbook, but if you can, if you can locally, wherever you are, we need to do, that's what we need to do. The last step coming out of this in my mind isn't anything to do with, physical contagious virus or dangers of disease or any of that it's mental health and it's getting these people back to where they need to be and by that i mean business owners big and small from all over the world but what i what can i do i can support local i can start there and that's what i'm doing my daughter and i are going out three or four times this week for a bite to eat why not? We're picking local restaurants. We're going to Wedgwood Cafe first. Check that out. Wedgwood Cafe, the end of Elizabeth Avenue. They cater. They're awesome. 
And uh, Peter Wedgwood's one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. So support him. Uh, Trinity, Trinity uh, Pub downtown and Bull and Barrel, awesome places. TJ's is getting renovated, so that should be cool. A lot of exciting things going on. And of course, Shorzy is coming up in about a little over a month. Uh, look forward to that. Check it out on Crave or if you're in the United States, Hulu. And uh, that should be interesting. Other than that, oh, Penny Posh, Women's Wear Reimagined. Uh, unbelievable hoodies. And uh, if you want to know more information, shoot me a message at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. If you want a book of uh, either my first or second, shoot me a note at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. And I'll tell you exactly how to do that. For right now, I want you all to have a great weekend because I'm out of here. I'm certainly going to have an awesome weekend. I'm picking up my daughter shortly. We're going up to get some new or check out some new furniture to furnish our new house that we'll be moving into soon. And now we're going to take in a Motown concert this weekend with Dana Parsons, Janet Cull, and Kellyanne Evans. We're looking forward to that. Again, like I said, support local. And they're playing at the Bella Vista, and it's going to be a Motown show. And we are pumped. We love Motown. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks. This has been episode 93, 94 coming up real soon. And we should have Ryan Rashog. Thanks again to Taran Samwith. Have yourselves a week, everybody. Catch you on the rebound. Peace. Peace.